this episode, we're talking all things Joyride, an odd couple road movie starring Olivia Coleman that shows some of the realities of motherhood. Here's director Ema Reynolds. You know, this playful, exuberant, laughter, tears-filled film. It's full of laughter and joy, and yet it's got this undertone of sorrow and, you know, regret and broken childhoods. You know, so it's multi-layered. And, and part of the layering was what it was like for her as a woman. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face, you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith, and today we're looking at the film Joyride. My guests are director Ema Reynolds, whose films include the award-winning doc The Farthest, and writer Alva Keegan. Their film, Joyride, is a charming, funny road trip starring Olivia Coleman as Joy, a new mother who ends up in a taxi stolen by a troubled young boy called Mully, played by Charlie Reed. Mully, you need to come back now. <laughs> I need that money. Who are you? We've a plane to catch. You're going to come with me and help look after the baby. In return, I won't press charges. How is she there? She's fine. Well, how do you know if you won't check? Because she's giving me a little thumbs up. We'll play question for question, but you have to tell the truth. You can't be arsed to fight, would you? What's the baby's name? Robin. My name's Joy. I know. False advertising. Not the bringer of joy, apparently. Well, Ema and Alva, welcome to Girls on Film. Thanks, Anna. Lovely to be here. <laughs> lovely, lovely to have you with us and congratulations on Joyride. What a lovely film. Thank you so much. We saw it for the first time with an audience last week or week before oh. and it was, you know, you make films in a bit of a vacuum. I mean, you show it to test audiences and funders and all that, but then there's a moment when you actually show it to proper humans in a, you know, 300-seater. Yes. And, you know, it was incredibly waves of emotion and laughter and tears and laughter again. You know, I hope it connects. I, I feel it will because it's got such a big heart. So let's, yeah. let's see. Oh, I'm glad you've got to see it that way. I'm looking forward to seeing it with an audience as well because it is one of those where you feel like you'd be laughing together and crying together and just like really, yeah, connecting. I've always struggled with it being called an outright comedy because I don't consider myself a comedy writer. People were laughing and then people were crying and then I saw like men oh. like kind of wiping the side of their faces and I was going, wow, this is landing. This oh, is that's so sweet. This is landing. That's all I can say. There was some alchemy that made it work. I, I was right. One guy said to me afterwards, yeah, there was water in my eyes. And I said, you mean tears? He said, no, no, no. He said, there was water in my eyes, but I didn't want to blink in case it would run down my face. <laughs> you know, so people were just experiencing this. In public, you know, the joys. It's a really, really funny. Alva, is, she's being too modest. She's an incredibly funny writer. The, the dialogue is super smart and super sharp. And it's really funny. And it's really uplifting. And it's really feel good. It's really emotional. And ultimately, incredibly cathartic experience in a cinema. So uh, that's what we experienced. But I hope others will feel that too. You're a mentalist. I'm practical and solution-orientated. You just have to trust me. 
Got nothing with me. Honest to goodness. I've left my face at the bottom of me. Wash bag. I might just pop the boot there for a minute. <laughs> Jesus, I'm good. How would you describe it when people say, what's your new film about? Let me start with you, Ema. I'd say it's a big-hearted, feel-good, odd couple road movie set in the wilds of Kerry in the west coast of Ireland about um, a mismatched pair starring uh, Olivia Colman as Joy, who's uh, kind of a messy and complex woman who's hell-bent on giving her baby away. And a boy racer, scrappy young fellow called Mully is played by newcomer Charlie Reed and he's on the run from his manipulative father and they suddenly find themselves thrown together unexpectedly in a stolen car with a newborn baby and a bag of cash and on this journey together they travel the wilds of County Kerry and they discover the friendship, laughter, hope and healing that they never knew they needed. God, I'm still so impressed with her articulation. <laughs> what? I'd be like, uh, it's about a woman who doesn't really want the baby or she thinks she doesn't. But uh, no, that's, I mean, it's all in there. And then just to pull the theme of, I suppose, motherhood out, like fundamentally a woman struggling with motherhood and what she's got to offer if it's for her you know and what it means to love and be loved beautifully put well alpha obviously the idea sprung from you as a screenwriter and um, how did the idea come to you do you remember a specific moment yes i can even picture the hedge i was beside <laughs> when i stopped uh, to fix the buggy wheel so like my son is now 11 so that's how long ago this was conceived but when he was born, I had such tremendous difficulty breastfeeding and I had always assumed I'd be a breastfeeder. I was so into it. And then when it didn't happen, I just got majorly obsessed with why couldn't I carry off this seemingly simple task? Oh. And I remember walking the back roads, try, he was crying. And I, I remember having had an unsuccessful feed and listening to the radio and there was a story about a boy racer who'd taken a car without realizing there was a newborn baby in the back of it and I remember even thinking oh, could he help me <laughs> I mean I'd had the Laleshni grant by now I'd had my neighbor the midwife in I'd had my mom I'd had so many people try and and help with this this breastfeeding malarkey and I remember being so desperate I, I, I thought well how would a 12 year old help? help what if what if someone stole me away in a car and could help and solve my my problems. That's where it all came from, the idea that there'd be a, a woman desperate enough to need help from a 13-year-old runaway. And a woman who seemingly had it all together on the surface. But if you scratch deep on any surface, there's often a surprise. You know, and then this scene. So there's a scene in the movie that literally was the seed point for the rest of the journey. Wow, that's so amazing. It's such a personal springboard. And I can see why the film is feels so authentic and so personal. And Olivia obviously completely encapsulates this character. There's no more formula. Why do you have no more formula? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Because you burst the last one with your fast and furious routine. I had exactly enough for a simple straight-up trip, not this coastal road fiasco we're on. Well, you won't get none here. Joy, you're going to have to feed her yourself. Joy? Joy, just try it. I have tried. I was trying before. Look, it's tricky at first. I remember that. Look, she doesn't want me, Molly. She won't even take a bottle from me. No, Joy. You just think that she doesn't want you. 
Ema, talk to me about getting Olivia on board because it's one of those films that once you see her, you can't imagine anyone else playing this part. Yeah, you know, I mean, we still can't believe our tremendous good fortune that Olivia agreed to do it. Um, well, I actually wasn't very helpful in getting her on board because I was a little bit like, can we just <laughs> bring it back down to earth here, lads? We're never going to get her. <laughs> I didn't have that vision, actually. That was down to Ema and the producer sending it out there. I was a little bit, can we get off the drugs and just maybe make a list of... <laughs> different act. like I really hadn't hoped so when she did say yes we were all just because it was a small Irish indie we were so chuffed and then there was a little bit of she wasn't sure if she could literally fit it into her schedule because she has this grueling schedule and then she felt terrible that she was pulling us along so she was saying I think I'll have to let it go and then she rang back again and said I can't let it go I have to do this. She loved the character. She loved the script because it's still pretty rare. I think even these days to see such a a three sixty degree character of a woman. You know, she's messy. She's recalcitrant. She's complex. She's independent. She's spirited. You know, she she's not a people pleaser. She starts the film as Alva said, ready to give her baby away. This has all been organised. She's driving across the country to give her baby away and go on holidays. This character, and as of course as typified by Olivia, who's so brave and so so committed as an actor, she's not. She doesn't. The character doesn't spend the first half hour of the film begging you to like her or you know trying to persuade you as to why she might do this. She's just this snarky, complex, difficult person. And and as women, certainly as a feminist, for me, it was a thrill and a joy to be able to present you know, such a rounded portrait of a woman, that especially a woman who's a mother, you know, it's not all soft pastels and, and all very agreeable. And, you know, that it's, Alva always talked about the grislier aspects of it, you know, the grislier aspects of being a mother. So we wanted to, you know, to really harness all of that. And, and Olivia does it with bells on. Yeah, because there was a really early version, Ema, which you wouldn't have read, where she was like catatonic. She didn't talk for the first 30 pages. She was literally shell-shocked. Like she was in shutdown mode. She was giving away the baby and she was catatonic. And I remember the script editor was like, no, 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 no. You can't have a woman not talking for the first 30 pages. And I was like, but she's... So it was like almost Molly was talking twice as much, which is hard to imagine because he talks a lot. He will keep using you until you're spent. At least my dad wants to keep me. I haven't decided anything yet. What do you want me to do, Molly? Stop promising things. This could be the making of you, John. It's so refreshing for all the reasons that Ema outlined. You know, in Girls on Film, we're always celebrating those kind of unpredictable female characters that don't conform to the tired old stereotypes that we've seen so many times. Um, she's unusual for a mother. She's also unusual for a solicitor. She's a solicitor. It's great that we know her job. We get some references to her job. Yeah, the job as a solicitor, like part of what I loved about her and Molly's relationship is that she actually understand she meets fellas like Molly all the time up in court like he's a kind of red flag to his own future you know what I mean she knows what trajectory he's on when she meets him um, and she also sees there's something else about him that he has a potential to grow another way given the right influences but I also love the fact that she is a verbal woman and Molly is verbal like I find it hard to connect with pre-verbal <laughs> 
beings. No, sorry, that's not even necessarily true because I love my dog more than life itself. But like, you know, the way some women are really into babies, like all my aunties like practically will eat a child and sniff a child. And then once a child starts to speak, they're less interested, you know, to a certain degree. Um, it's a joke in our house that you stop getting cuddles at three when you're going to ask for them, you know? <laughs> Whereas I love that the ping to awaken Joy's maternal instinct is this bratty, verbal, mouthy attitude um, from Molly, you know, because she knows it through her job. She has seen a thousand of these young fellas come before her and she's often thought, God, if only they'd had a better start, if only, you know, if only, if only. So I thought that fed well the role of solicitor. Also, I think in her costumes is not necessarily the way you would visualise that character, yeah. and I loved that. Yeah, so, I mean, we had a broad agreement that we didn't want to make social realism, we didn't want to make a coy film. We wanted it to be vivid and loud and exuberant, you know, and really wear its heart, allow huge heart that's in the film, just blow it open, you know, with this great Seamus Heaney poem about finding yourself on the west coast of Ireland and the buffeting winds will blow your heart open, you know. So we were harnessing all these ideas. I was referencing films like Elaine May's films, you know, where there's big comedy, big laughs. So we wanted the film to have all of those ideas. So when it came then to looking at the design, you know, we were painting murals all over the countryside. When it came to the costume design, we were saying... Let's give Joy some attitude. She's going on holidays and, and she's described variously in the film as being a bit of a nightmare down the pub and, you know, maybe, you know, likes the boys and all this, you know. So we were kind of going, what would she wear? People give babies away all the time to Romanian orphanages, to child traffickers, to Chinese gymnastic academies. I'm giving mine to a loving home, stone me. You're being an arsehole now. Look, more women should take my lead instead of dragging up kids they never wanted. They should be selfless enough to give them away to women who eat, sleep and dream babies. There's enough of them out there. I've known Max my whole life. There's no better woman for the job. People have been staring at me through their mouths for the last four months. I've outthought you on this one. You can't convince me otherwise. You're mental, you are. Totally fucking mental. No, I'm practical and solution-orientated. Even my mother wouldn't argue on that front. Well, what does she have to say about this? Well, not much she can say from a coffin. She'd agree, though. She always said it was better for everyone, that I never wanted kids. When did she die? Nine months ago. Yeah, the circle of life. You mentioned earlier about the grisly side of motherhood, and I wanted to come back to that a little bit, because there's a couple of moments, Alva, that I found very distinct, and I wanted to ask you about those or both of you she's given birth recently and there are some parts which deal with the physical reality of that and that to me uh, we don't see on screen enough so I wanted to, to speak to you both about why it was important to you to keep those bits in the film so there's a phrase in Ireland one of the biggest maternity hospitals in Dublin is Hollow Street so there's the Hollow Street shuffle which is this like ginger walk that you see all the ladies doing down to the toilet you know in the hours or days after their I mean it's all depends and how the birth goes but like everything is tender everything is sore and it's messy yeah so we wanted to keep that in I mean obviously you know it's not a documentary you know it's not <laughs> the, the cord hard awfulness of childbirth but we were allowing it to be an ordinary part of this film this yeah you know this playful exuberant laughter tears filled film it's full of laughter and joy and yet it's got this undertone of sorrow and you know, regret and broken childhoods, you know, so it's multi-layered. And, and part of the layering was what it was like for her as a woman, 
breast milk leaking out, perhaps, you know. Shane smoking, taking her painkillers, you know, yeah. having to go to the toilet all the time and clean herself up and leaking. And yeah, yeah, it's all there. And we trust, we feel, we trust that women certainly uh, in the audience will really respond to that. We'll know that that looks familiar to me. That's exactly what it was like for me. And indeed, a lot of my crew were, I mean, we had a very good gender split on the crew in truth, but a lot of the men on the crew, you know, are much more open these days to what it's like for their partners and women in their lives or their sisters. Yeah, so sure. you've got a really nice moment in time where we're not trying to go, you know, oh, have that baby over there. <laughs> you know, come back when you're all floral and, and cleaned up, you know, that we're, we're saying this is this is the real deal. I think you're right that, that the culture is now much more open to just sharing this information because it's helpful for everyone. And film seems to have a very important role to play in that. This is you as filmmakers are in a great position to educate, hopefully willing men about what it's really like a yeah, little bit. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. But then I wonder, like, are we in the field of is this a women's film? And I don't think it should necessarily be an only women's film. Not will, will men respond? I think parents. Or at least, yeah. You know, I've been saying, I think parents, anyone who's, who is a parent will really recognise it all. But in truth, anyone who's been a child, anyone who's had a mother <laughs> will feel it too. You know, like it's about childhood. It's about learning to live, to live with the truth of your life. and, and the, the, Yes, the, and, and we talked about it being a mutual coming of age. You remember like, yeah. so Molly's coming of age, having to learn the hard truth about his parents. And we realised Joy is exactly learning the same thing. She just happens to be 40 odd. Um, so it's lovely. It's a, it's a kind of double coming of age, unlikely friendship road movie, which was, it was nice when we kind of, oh, okay, they're both learning a very similar lesson. And I like that, that Molly in many ways is a male character who's bucking your expectations. He's complex. He's not just a little tear away. There's lots of layers to him. There's lots of tenderness to him. Yes. So so when I started writing it, I realised I don't know how a 12-year-old, he's from Strand Road and Tree, how a 12-year-old from Strand Road and Tree. And, you know, there's so many, so many laps of Strand Road you can do with your window down before you become... <laughs> arrested male or female <laughs> so i went to like the local youth group and said could i work with could i make a short film with these kids just to hang around with them and see how they are so my, and my husband's a, a camera operator so it started a four years and we did one each year for four years and it was amazing it was a garda youth diversion project so there were these young kids and we'd get together we'd talk about the type of choices or crisis they might have in their life We'd write a script. I generally write it through asking them enough questions. So essentially they wrote their own scripts. Then we'd film it and we'd do a premiere for them. And it was through that you got to you got to hear, you know, their slang, how they talked and the way they smoked and their softer sides or the way they carried their shoulders and the defensiveness. It was so yeah, it was really, really, really instructive, but also a really nice experience separate to Joyride. It became a lovely annual thing in our calendar for myself and Michael, yeah. That sounds like a wonderful thing to do. And yeah, I, I hope some of them go to see the film as well and it will kind of yes. feed into yeah, itself. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple of the lads come back and like they've gotten married or, you know, just we've had some really nice run-ins with them as adults where they're doing great. Oh, that's so lovely. So that's so lovely. Yeah. Ima, I want to come back to the shoot a little bit. Are there any highlights of the actual production that you, remember and you just think oh yes this is a moment this is coming together beautifully look we had you know it's it's a cliche uh talking about we it was like being on holidays for five weeks in the mountains of Kerry you know we had such a 
an incredible team and every day on a low budget film or low-ish budget um, film is a challenge particularly when you're out in the mountains with we had 13 vehicles we had a baby we had low loaders having punctures but we had such a great spirit on the floor and I think it was because the heart of the film was so strong you know it was about it was about friendship. It was about finding family. It was about forgiving yourself. It was about healing. It was about these lovely ideas about no matter where you start from, you can, you can grow and you can, you know, that, that saying about it's never too late to have a happy childhood. That's what it felt like. And it felt like that, that, that magic that was in the script that was coming out in all the shots as we gathered all the days, that everybody was really really learning that you know and I, I was just but thinking also I think I was, everyone was minding Charlie in the best possible way so Charlie Reed was 14 it was his first feature film so Lavia is responding to him obviously as a co-actor but also as a mother herself and just as an essentially decent human and Lachlan Lachlan does drama with young people um he plays his dad and so and Emer, you were very conscious to my, and I think that just created I was outside looking in. I wasn't really on set, but from what I could garner, it seemed like a very nurturing set. And a lot of it was to do with people minding each other because there were challenging days. And I think, you know, it's also what Anna said a few moments ago about that he's a modern man. You know, he he in himself as a person and the character of Molly, he's taking all of this, you know, the breastfeeding, the realities of the baby. He's taking it all in his stride. It's so ordinary to him. You know, babies are just to be taken up and minded and we're all in this together. And You know, he didn't, young Charlie, the actor, had no babies in his life. You know, I didn't know any real babies. Maybe a distant cousin had a baby. But he became very, very friendly with the twin boys who played the baby and their mother and made it his job, really, every day to play with the babies become really adept. So there was all of that tone, I think you're saying, nurturing is, the, is exactly the word for it, Alva. You know, there was a lovely feeling of shared endeavor, you know, a collective effort and a collective effort for something that had value, you know, that was valuable to say, forgive yourself, forgive your childhood, love yourself, you're good enough. This is great, you're going to be all right. You know, that those feelings were in it every day. You mentioned Olivia being a basically decent human being, which I'm, I'm sure we all know and hopeful, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners are big fans. Um, can you give us any more insight as to what it was like working with her and how she was on this set in a place which I think she hadn't been to before? Yeah, she, you know, she's even more incredible in real life than she seems. You know, everything you think you know about her is true. And some, you know, she's a very, very uh, collaborative, generous, collegial person and actor very very willing you know and of course once we started the shoot we were all like trying to figure out how much we'd have to cotton wool her you know where we're going to have to be really careful and on the very second day we were on a ferry and she came and did a a take and the wind was blowing her hair all over the place and I said that was great but do you want to go again because your hair was you know blowing everywhere and she said well, do you think it looked good? And I said, I thought it looked fantastic. And she said, well, then I'm happy. And that was almost, that was day two. And we knew then, like we put her into, we tried to drown her. We had her in a monsoon, literally traveling down a mountain in her little tiny shoes with the lashings of rain, you know, but she was game for it. And what was particularly wonderful uh, for me uh, was to see Charlie, who was a brand new actor, learning from Olivia how to be a great actor, how to be a great person on set, 
to respect the crew, to that everyone has their job, to be patient, you know, to be to be collegial. You know, it was it, it was wonderful to see, and I think he will really benefit from that in his, I hope, long career ahead. I'm sorry about your mom. I knew her a bit from the Hound. And from school, we were in the same year, you know. Yeah? She says she was in the bottom class, were you in the top? Mm-hmm. Jesus, she was so good-looking. Even the women teachers would defer to her. What do you mean? Pick on her? Oh, no, the opposite. Be much nicer to her. Look, you can see the outline of her lips there. She'd come in after work and give me a kiss on the cheek. I'd wake up with a big kiss mark on my cheek. She loved my cheeks. Hamster cheeks, she said. So I was so small. I'm pleased someone gave you a childhood, Molly. Is there anything else you wanted to add about the film? Yeah, we've talked about it, Emer, in that it's not a film for cynics. Like, it really isn't. Like, if you're a cynic, it'll rub you up almost because it's so, like, smiley happy. Um, so it isn't for cynics. I think it's too full of heart. And I think it's too unashamedly. Emer said, let it wear its heart on its sleeve. Let it. You know, and I think that's really brave for her first feature because, you know, she could have tried to do it a different way in search of a different type of kudos. But she said, no, I'm going to make it big and bold and brave and beautiful. And she knew. And that's one of Emer's strengths as a director. She has a vision and she knows it. Well, like Alva said, there's no cynicism. There isn't a drop of cynicism in it. That's what I rate when I go to the cinema. Yeah. A film that isn't cynical, that, it, you know, that isn't coy. That's just allowing me to feel it. But it's not <laughs> sentimental. It's not saccharine. It's just proper, proper heart. And uh, I really hope it will connect. You know, I really want, I, I'd love that. Did you give her a name? Robin. She's pure beauty. Yeah, she is, Max. Although sometimes I think she looks like Simon Mulvaney's dad if he was a turtle. (laughs) 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 What are you both up to next? Uh, Ema, you first. Well, I'm I'm developing like all directors. I've got a number of things in development, but I think what is next is early to mid next year another feature drama based on a book called Montpellier Parade which is a book written by a Dublin writer called Carl Geary who's based in Glasgow now and it's um, a dark love story set in 1988 between an older woman and a younger man. Excellent and Alva what are you working on what are you plotting? What I am plotting um, there's a a film called Sunlight coming out which I wrote which was done as a, a female only talent in Ireland a special scheme for female talent and was done on 400,000 so that's been released I think this year and then I just did Bad Sisters with Sharon Horgan's Merman which I think is out on Apple um, so hopefully working with Sharon and something else down the line. Oh brilliant Sharon's great so we look forward to watching that fantastic thank you both so much it's really lovely to speak to women who've collaborated so successfully and brilliantly on a film that as you say is uplifting but also I think refreshing from a feminist perspective so thank you both for coming on to talk about Joyride brilliant thank you Anna thanks to Ema and Alva UK listeners can watch Joyride in cinemas this week from Friday the 29th of July 2022 Girls on Film is an HLA production brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold. 
audio producer Benjamin Cook, our intern Grace Delve, and our partners for this episode, Vertigo Releasing. We were recently nominated for Best Live Podcast at the British Podcast Awards. So if you'd like to see us live, our next show is at Edinburgh International Film Festival on the 16th of August 2022. Do join us. I'm Anna Smith and I was joined by Ema Reynolds and Alva Keegan. Stay safe. See you soon. Are you really just going to give her up? Like really? Look, I know you think I'm a witch, but the baby's getting a good deal. <laughs>